I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where did we pick up from? Hi, yeah. everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Honey, you promised you would take the kids to the zoo today. When are you going to mow the lawn? Your parents are coming over and you're not even dressed. You promised you were going to leave your wife for me. Don't let this happen to you. Everybody's working for the weekend, but your family and friends are always ruining your days off. Introducing football season the best way to drown out the ones you love watch grown men run into each other head first marvel as overweight men chase a bouncing ball let the gladiators of today help you disconnect from the worries of the modern world get your 2018 college and pro football seasons today and we'll throw in the sinner and the saints tailgate show presented by frost brewed coors light for free that's right you'll get two football leagues luke anderson if you were at the gym you saw Myers Leonard pull up in a Prius, met him at the swimming pool, but you didn't ever really have a chance to talk to him because he kind of dismisses of you. Would you leave your name and number in his uh, windshield? Will Darkens. Like, I want to see more of the man bag, the alligator skin man And bag. two hours you'll never get back every Saturday morning for one low price. Just turn your dial to 1080. The Fan. Don't pay attention to the open. You get three hours of this fine program today. Watch out! Oh, man, I thought our schedule sucked. We come in here every Saturday morning. We work a full week. We put in the time every Saturday morning for you guys. How about Brandon Sprague doing the post-game live show, scoreboard show at midnight tonight after Cal, Oregon? I'll admit that I looked at what was on my update bed as in the schedule for the programming schedule for today. And I saw midnight and I had to pause because I went, oh, my God, he has to be in here at midnight covering Ducks Cal. (laughs) Yeah. So getting up a little bit early, coming in to take care of your Saturday morning. Will and I are happy to do that. Even happier to do the three hours today, knowing that Sprague's going to be sitting here at midnight. At least we get joggers running by. We get old people running by us to keep us feeling good, feeling happy. They run along the river. We get to see nice elderly people staying fit. I mean, nothing going on at midnight except for raccoons and squirrels fighting to the death. And people uh, selling flocka. Yeah, a lot of flocka. What is you don't know what flocka is. I have dude. no idea what flocka is. It's a drug that makes you go nanners. Is it like uh, bath salts? It's it's similar to okay. bath salts. See? Not so far But it's that them. straight flocka. Gotcha. It's that fire. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Today is going to be a show on fire. Uh, We're just going to pick up where the golf show left off. Three more hours of Ryder Cup. You ready for that? Let me tell you something. It's been Red Bulls, milk, and water for 
I don't know, the last five, six hours. I stay I stayed up all night watching the Ryder Cup, man. Oh, geez, it's just intense action out there. Now, why do people really care about the Ryder Cup is actually my question. Why do they care about it? Yeah, because we, it's, we'll cover this very quickly, but seriously, why why do people even care? National pride. No, national pride, right. National pride for a sport where there's no team, it's individual play. This is the only time you have team play in golf. It just it, it adds another twist on it, and the whole tiger frenzy has people going bananas. Uh, Did he cheat on his wife again? I don't think he's married anymore. Oh. I don't think he can cheat on her once she, uh, you know, leaves you with a nine iron to the windshield. <sighs> oh! <laughs> Hey, we're in a unique spot. Here's the cool thing about doing a weekly uh, radio broadcast for you fine folks. Last week, we were setting up the big matchup between Oregon and Stanford. We got to do the full preview of it. We were the ones closest to kick, giving you our analysis outside of the actual Ducks coverage. We were on the front lines. But now... Before we look back at it, we've got a full week. We get to take in all of the commentary. We get to kind of let our hot takes simmer, mm. then smolder, then reignite, then cool again. We've got a full week away from that game, and, and now we get to do kind of our breakdown of it. So, Will, I will start today's show with that question. What does the loss to Stanford, what did we learn from it, and what did it mean to you for the Oregon Ducks? Mario Cristobal is not a very experienced head coach. That's what I learned. And I learned that because the very last drive of uh, regulation for the Ducks, there was a possibility that they could have ran out the clock to a point that they could punt it and put Stanford all the way back on the other side of the 20 and give them only nine seconds yeah, to, and you trust your defense in a moment like that. But yes, to score. 80 yards, nine seconds. Yeah, or to get within college football field goal range, which for the most part, you can only really guarantee anything under 40 yards. After plus, 40 yards, it's it's a toss-up. So plus Stanford would have to use their timeouts yes. there, so they're not going to have a timeout even if they get in field goal range and with nine seconds to be able to go up and spike the ball. That's really what I saw most of all from that game. You know, you, you can talk about the fact that Oregon kind of let it slip away. You can talk about the whole pylon thing. Um, you know, the fumble by CJ Verdell at the end. Okay, that's fine. I get it. But what I saw most of all was the fact that Mario Cristobal is a new head coach. What's funny and when you go up against somebody like David Shaw, who is a complete tactician, somebody who puts together a game plan and no matter what's going on in the game, and this was shown most especially this past week, when no matter what's going on, even if you're down by a whole bunch of touchdowns, you just stick to the game plan and you keep going. Shaw did it. They came up with the W. Now, it's funny because you go inexperienced because for me, it's the players on the field are inexperienced too. I mean, we talked about how Justin Herbert has not played a full college football season. And when they got into that overtime period, you've seen him pressing. I felt like after they threw the ball into the end zone on that first play, that that they were nervous and they were anxious and and there's no way they were going to score. They forgot that hey, you get the ball on the 25, you can still get a first down. But they chose to go four plays into the end zone thinking they had to score immediately because they were down the 7 points after Stanford scored, but that's not the case. You can go and do what you've done the entire game, which is move the ball and set yourself up where you have advantages in down and distance and use that but instead they just try to chuck the ball 25 yards into the end zone four straight times the last one's picked game over and cj verdell you don't need to stretch out and get the first down on what was the second Tell down you, what, you better have a short memory if you're cj verdell oh well, you certainly you, hope you gotta so. have an extremely short memory because it gets to the point where 
you know, you are, I, I mean, to me, uh, another thing that I saw was that CJ Verdell is your guy. He should be your number one back. Well, yeah. And, and we've seen the same thing. They found a first receiver. They found that first back. That's what we talked about last week, going into the game, figure out who your main target, yeah. who's that receiver that you trust. And so now that CJ Verdell is your number one back unequivocally, what, I threw a B that, in there. What's that word? Yeah, I you threw did a B in there. Threw an extra consonant. I in had to. Did you say consonant? Yeah. Consonant. Consonant. No, it's a consonant. We're throwing extra letters into words. Oh, consonant. so you're playing along. That's what you're doing. Inequivocably funny. Well, trying to, but it goes right over your head. My what? Yeah, your head. Uh oh. Wow. There it is. Yeah, um, you know, you just got to have a short memory, man, and it's going to be hard because the guy's super young. But you know what's even better about this, I think, is that Oregon got a loss out of the way. They got a really ugly loss out of the way. Like, would you have rather had it that they squeaked this game out where Stanford was kind of starting to pressure them and they were starting to slip the game away, and you did get the win, but then, like, there were two or three losses that happened throughout the season that they didn't see coming because they got kind of, you know they got comfortable with themselves. I mean, take a look at it from the glass half empty perspective, or I'm sorry, glass half full perspective. Let's go glass half empty real quick. Glass half full is that you got the ugly loss out of the way. Cause this is a super ugly loss. You should have won the game. There was a point where you they looked like the better team to seven. They looked like the better team. They looked like and, the better team. And, and they did and not play lost, the better game. Lost on the national stage. It happens. It's okay. You only have one loss. You are still well within reach mm-hmm. of getting into the PAC 12 title game. Cause you know, you know it's going to happen. Stanford will lose a really stupid game. Of course. They're going to lose to Washington State. Yes. And they're going to get drubbed. Yes. Arizona for no reason. They're going to stub their toe. Well, I mean, I hate to you know bury the lead, but we're, we'll get into the picks later in the show, obviously. But I, I think they lose to Notre Dame today. So they, they end up, just what I think, and they end up being a two-loss team at the end when it's all said and done. So it's just what Stanford does. And and here's here's your opportunity if you're Oregon. You bounce back. You go out and you beat Cal. You still have the bye week ahead of the Washington game, which gives you a huge advantage. So I think you're still, to your point, you're still in a very good position. But through three and a half quarters of that game, you had Oregon winning it because they looked like the better team on the field. We talked about finding that receiver that, that Justin Herbert could trust. 14 catches for Dylan Mitchell? Yeah. I mean, he was their guy, and he was sure-handed, and he was he was – always in a, a advantageous position when you're a quarterback where you can just kind of hit a guy underneath, making catches and moving the chains. And that's not what they did in overtime. He had two incomplete passes the entire game through four, one of them a pick in overtime. So you can see how how much they were pressing. If they had just stayed within their offense, found the underneath route and just moved the ball, they could have scored, I think, a lot easier than trying to just hit that home run play. 55305 is the better you say text on. I want to hear from some of the listeners that do you think Justin Herbert proved enough on the national stage in both aspects of the game? I mean, statistically and both as a winner. Statistically, obviously he did. Yep. Dude, dude almost, barring the interception at the end of the game, dude almost had a perfect game. Yeah. Well, um, you take away overtime. He had a perfect regulation. Yes. Nearly. And then you take, but that's where this yeah. question comes into play, which is then you get to overtime where you need him to come through. You need him to get the win for you. This is the national stage, buddy. You're supposed to be the first quarterback taken this next season. Yeah. You throw a pick at the end. Also, fall on a fumble. Yes, falling yeah. on the fumble during regulation. I don't know. There's still some questions. And I think this was, again, if you're an Oregon fan, just take it as it's an ugly loss. 
it's your only ugly loss of the year. And if you take on that that kind of message, that mentality, I think you should be okay for the rest of the season. Well, it's funny because going into the game, I think I think you were saying that this is not the year that you're going to have Oregon going to a Pac-12 championship no. game. There's going to be stuff. But after the game, you just said it in that breakdown that you're like, they still have a good chance because you saw what they could be at their best. You also saw the youth, the inexperience of the head coach, the youth on the field at quarterback and running back and making mistakes, even even from your center, making mistakes that you can't make if you're going to be a championship team. But you saw all the potential of a team that can make a real run. So good and bad for Oregon last week. Uh, they've got Cal this week. Cal looks a little tougher than I thought they might at this position. We'll get into that next. We've got Pac-12 games. We've got NFL. We've got three hours with you. That's what we've got. Oh, three hours. Literally, just put on, if you can, while you're listening to us, put on the English patient because that's how long our show is. Put it on mute. Watch the English patient on mute. And listen to the center in the same. That's see your instructions if we this dub morning. up with the dialogue. Oh, we will. It's going to be like uh, Dark Side of the Moon and The Wizard of Oz. Oh, dude. Yeah. I used to get so wrapped, <laughs> so wrapped and do that in college, brah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's look ahead with the Oregon Ducks and Cal next. Center and Saint, 1080 fan. Got some ska for you on a Saturday morning. This is Yeah. Bless you, Jake, bro. Bro, take off my checkered van slips. My mom got those for me for Christmas. Is that your 90s ska kid impression? Were there a lot of ska kids in the 90s? Now, I was a kid, and you were a teenager. Yeah, no, there was definitely a lot of ska kids in the 90s. Just yeah. a lot of it. I mean, it was yeah, littering well, the streets. That's when ska existed. Yeah. Everybody, so was, they're wearing their Bowling for Soup t-shirts and... Their zoot suits. Yeah, listening to Save Ferris and... Then it turned into the Cherry Poppin' Daddies somehow went a little, it went swingers. We had those, all the swinger kids, oh. and not that kind of swingers. Oh, so they I were was swing dancing. There was like a, with each other's wives. No, you. yeah, no, not in high school. No, they had swing dance clubs, and big bad voodoo daddy, and everybody wearing chain wallets and pleated slacks. Ah, the trends. I have a 20th high school reunion next year. I'm old. Yeah. I'm old. I was at a McKenzie Stadium last night, and I was reminiscing of when there was grass on the field. Oh God! I know this was this is what happened, dude. I, I'm telling you, that's ya, really bad. I'm old. I remember when there was grass on yeah. this field. It was. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just happened. I'll happened. tell you something crazy. One time we were out there playing football. There was a there was a darn goat out there eating the grass there. <laughs> Years and years and years ago, my favorite like prank ever. This guy spent all summer walking out to some high school football field in the Midwest, and all summer he'd walk out there in a white and black striped T-shirt. He'd blow a whistle and then throw bird seed all over the field, and it was like the opponent's t- field, and they just hit their ar- arch rival. So when the referee went out there and blew the whistle for the first time, the whole field was dive bombed by like a thousand birds. The dude Pavlovd you? He Pavlovd a thousand birds to to attack his arch rival. Isn't that fantastic? That's pretty. That's pretty intense. That's, that's time consuming. Yeah, well, it is. You go out there every day during the summer. Uh, hey, yes, better you today text line. Absolutely, we'll spend at least an hour talking about the Raptors. Uh, Blazers preseason game. Uh, we're just going to be watching the t- sports ticker to see if the Jimmy Butler trade is made before so he can actually appear in that preseason game. Yes. We'll let you know. We'll keep you up on all of that. 
But we do want to start with college football. Okay. Perfect. I hope that's okay. Does that that's seem fair? Right with me. Better you today, text line three five three zero five. Yeah, you let us know. We've got plenty of time to break down uh, Seth Curry's uh, debut in a Blazers uniform up in Canada. <laughs> Don't worry about Seth that. Seth Curry. <laughs> There's an Oregonian headline. Seth Curry brings some shooting presents. No, he doesn't. No. How 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 just the, disappointing the, is it that don't, don't every single time don't get sucked in every single time you hear that Seth Curry is on this team you have like a tenth of a second of going wait, wait did you say Seth, Seth Curry oh uh, yeah you know that that's not true uh, all right Oregon Ducks they're playing against a uh, football team called Cal Cal Golden Bears the Golden Bears now yes. this. You played at Cal I in, did. in your time playing. What is the environment down there? Because you kind of know what you're getting. It's crazy on the farm when you go to Stanford, up in Washington. You've what? got what? It's crazy on the farm. Isn't it? No. Oh. Stanford's like one of the worst places to play in terms of like crowd presence. I mean, I guess it's good if you're visiting, but it's almost eerie that you get on the field and like it's bizarre world. There's kind no of one I mean. there. Yeah, and the the band always does like a uh, mocking you bizarre halftime yeah, yeah. show. Crazy. I don't mean I don't mean like Otson where it's loud and it's a tough place to go and play. It's it's a very bizarre world because yeah, it's a it's an academic institution first. Does Cal have that same presence? Because Berkeley obviously a great school. Now Cal is just kind of like playing at a fart. <laughs> It's like a, just a fart. It, it's it, a bizarre stadium. It's built on the hillside. And you get kids all yeah, up in the in the trees. It, but you know, it's a university that doesn't really invest itself too much in terms of fans. Like fans don't seem super invested in the game. And the only reason I think that is is because Cal has been so mediocre for so long now. The last time that they were super relevant uh, was about like 08 or 09 when they were ranked number two in the nation. And yeah. actually, that's when we went down and beat them when they were number two. Um, so I, I think it's just been this sense for almost the past decade of just like, yeah, we're all right. And <laughs> the last couple of times I played there, it's just not, it's not exciting at all. Now, Cal Berkeley, the campus is just extraordinarily beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And well, in the stadium itself, like I said, it's built into yeah, the hillside. Yeah. Well, it's a crappy stadium. <laughs> well, no, 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 but it looks cool. The visitor's it locker room. It looks like a high school stadium, doesn't it? Uh, well, yes. And the visitor's locker room is like, uh, the changing room at your local pool. Oh, like nice. it's really, really small and it's yeah. really dingy and it smells. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. And then as you walk onto the field, you have to walk in this really narrow pathway and then you go downstairs. It's just very strange. It's just kind of a crappy stadium. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, the atmosphere uh, around it is, yeah. is beautiful, but then you get in there and you go, oh, this is crappy. Well, yeah. And it's, it, it doesn't feel like a major college facility. No, not even in the least. Um, so Traveling down there, there's really no reason to think they have a big home field advantage. No. It's not a long flight for the Ducks. You don't have to go very far to get down there. And now you're going in playing against a team that is going from what they've been, which is the bear raid offense for years and years. And in year two so far after three games, it looks like this is a defensive-led team. Yeah, it's it's defensive. And in the sports update I had, you know, they force a lot of teams into three and outs. And so, you know, that's something that you should consider if you are Oregon in terms of, you know, how they're going to get to the quarterback. Usually there's a good correlation between teams that will get you three and out uh, a lot that and great pass rushers. Right. Because yep. it basically forces the quarterback's hand to either make mistakes or to you know, just kind of start throwing check downs. And so for Justin Herbert, you have to look at last game and you have to think to yourself, well, he might be susceptible to that. You know, a lot of the passes that he completed 
he did so on kind of check down or crosser, low crossing routes. Mm -hmm. And so you know that Cal's going to key in on that. They're going to want to get to him as fast as they can. And it's going to be up to Herbert again to show if, hey, am I that national guy? Am I going to be the guy who's going to take the ball, start running, and get the first down? Or am I just going to kind of let the pressure get to me? It'll be interesting. Every single game to me for the Ducks at this point is about – how is Justin Herbert going to respond to the pressure? Because he is the focal point of this team. Yeah, well, it's about improving every week, too, and adding oh, yeah. adding elements to to what your offense can do and going out there. But the the funny thing about Cal, so you, you have Justin Wilcox as a head coach. He's a former defensive coordinator with uh, USC, Wisconsin, has, uh, has been on the defensive side of the ball for his entire coaching career. You've got Tim DeRuiter, who's their defensive coordinator and then you have uh, their linebacker coach who has also been a defensive coordinator so essentially you have three defensive coordinators on that team you return your entire secondary which helps and they can get a pass rush so they haven't you know played the toughest schedule in the world no but they beat north carolina and and they they look like you know they're going to be a different cal team moving forward i don't buy that this is a trap game how would you consider this a trap game at all if you're you consider, at, you consider it a trap game, and trap games happen usually when there's a team that hasn't proven themselves, at least, uh, you know, prior to the game itself. And then they also have the tag on it as the number 24 team in the country. And so this is kind of, for Cal, so let's take the other point of view. For Cal, this is kind of a let's dip our toe in the water game for the rest of the country. They're like, all right, we gave them the 24 ranking. Let's see what Cal's about. This is a quality opponent they're playing who just had a kind of nationally embarrassing game, but we know they're really, really good. Is Cal good? We don't know. <laughs> and honestly, we don't know a lot about Cal. You and I are both saying this, that we know the defense is really good. We know that this is Will Cox improving uh, the program itself, but I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game. That's really how it turns into a trap game. Well, you it, either overestimate or you underestimate. Yeah, but trap games are when you get a big win and then you have a big game the following week, and you're not playing against a number 24 team. It's not a trap game. Yeah. But, I, but They're fringe. They're fringe. Yeah. They're fringy, bro. Well, but the other thing is the BYU win over Wisconsin makes that week two win for Cal look that much better, and then their other games against Idaho. So, like I said, you don't – really know a lot but but again to me when you think of trap game it's it's one game that can be overlooked in between two big games but Oregon's going into a bye week they're not going into the game against Washington even though that's their next opponent and they're coming off an embarrassing loss where they should have won that game so I I just don't buy that this is a trap game I think and it's been echoed on the better you today text line 55305 the Ducks are gonna be pissed they're going to come in there and give them everything that they got. I don't think you have any letdown if you're Oregon and you because you can't afford it. You can't afford it, but, man, letdown games, they happen. Well, they that, happen, and this is this is prime for a letdown game. I mean, it was the Stanford game was gut-wrenching. It was. It was after C.J. Verdell fumbled that ball, I, I immediately thought to myself, they're going to lose. Sure. And I'm not trying to be biased being – a former player at Oregon well, and State. When you I'm just saying, I saw that. Yeah. Then I saw Stanford's uh, body language, and I saw those first couple plays where they were moving downfield, and I go, yeah, they're going to win this game. Yeah, well, I knew that when I saw that the kicker for Stanford's name was Jet Toner. Yeah, Jet Toner has by far one of the greater names. Especially for a kicker. Yes. And a copy repairman. Yeah, and I'm going to work for that- Pacific Office Automations as soon as he's done kicking. Yeah, and I, I applaud him for 
breaking the glass ceiling of stereotypes, right? Because right out of high school, he should have just gone and worked yeah. for Pacific Office Automation or Xerox or Kinko's or wherever. Shouldn't he be wearing the same glasses that Blankenship wears in uh, Georgia? Like Jet Toner, Jet Toner could pull well, off Jet glasses Toner, kicker. Jet Toner is so experienced at this point. I don't know why you'd need to wear glasses. He didn't even need to see where he's yeah, going. You really don't need yeah. to. And then let me also uh, put this out here because we're talking about college football, so this seems relevant. Um, one of our favorite college football players is going to be on the national stage. Oh, yes, tonight. he is. Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley, the McSorbra, is going to be trying to lead his team against the, the Ohio State Buccaneers. And- Buccaneers. And the best thing that could have happened for Trace McSorley is he's no longer in the shadow of that Saquon Barkley kid. No, it's man. all it's this year's Penn State drive to the college football playoff is led by Trace McSorley. Who doesn't want that? Just him and his truck throwing the rest of the team in the back. Yeah, get Bro, in. Bro, jump in. Jump in, hop in. Let's roll. Let me see here. We got about a two hours till kickoff. There's an IHOP three blocks away from the stadium. Let's drop off quick. Grab some ca- crepes. Grab some eggs. Get to the game. Bro out. So you're not saying that this is a cakewalk for the Ducks. I'm going to ask you another question. Is it possible? And we'll we'll answer this a little bit later in the show. Is it possible that Cal might be a good team and earn that 24 spot in the rankings? We don't know. We don't know. We'll get back into the Ducks a little bit later. We well, do have NFL News and what? I want to get to something else next because you were about to go to NFL News and Notes. Okay. And I think that there's a serious thing that we should talk about that Ohio State did this past weekend well, or this past week. We have three hours. Do On we need to Twitter. do it next? Oh, yeah, we can do that next. Let's do that next because that Ooh. was – that, and I just it just reminded me again because it happened on the TV. All right. Ohio State and their use of social media is next, and we'll do that right after the news. 55305 is a better UT Today text line. The question's been posed, do you really know what you have in Oregon right now? I asked if you know what we have in Cal. Are they a good team? Are they not? What we know about Oregon is they played well enough in a loss to move up one spot in the rankings. I thought that was kind of stupid. But you look at the teams that fell ahead of them, the perception is that Oregon, even in a loss, is a still a very good team and can well, beat a lot of Why don't you just keep school. them where they are? Well, somebody else probably. Oh, Virginia Tech. That's why. Oh, oh right. <laughs> Old Dominion. <laughs> you can't keep them where they were. I was like, because some idiot lost ahead of them, and it was Virginia Tech and housed yeah. by Old Dominion. That picture of that big old running back that they got rumbling, bumbling, fumbling into the end zone. That was great. Oh, man. I what love you- it. I love it when teams like that can actually pull up an upset. The Appalachia State, when I remember uh, being at Oregon State at that time, and we still had a bye week before the first week of the season, and um, we were watching that game live in a dorm room and just, like, screaming because of the fact we were like, yes, Michigan's going to lose to a nobody. And they did. And they did. It's fantastic. Great moments. Uh, not every college football game is great, but every week there's at least a couple great games in college football. Yes. You just have to find them. You have to find them. Pick them and watch the right ones. Uh, speaking of great games, or at least highly anticipated games, It is a matchup of number four, Ohio State, against number nine, Penn State. Mm. Now, this game is in Happy Valley. Battle of the Blue Bloods. They're calling it the first college football playoff game of the year. No. No, Penn State's such a fraud, dude. Uh, Seriously. I'm not calling it that. Well, you did. You just did. No, no, no. I repeated what I heard. Roll the tape. (laughs) 
Roll the tape. Trace McSorley makes magic happen. Remember Penn State had this game won last year, and then Ohio State scored, what, like 21 in 14 seconds to end the game to, yeah. to win it in those stupid gray uniforms they were wearing? Yeah, you're not a fan of the gray. I'm all right with it, but... Uh, Ohio State doesn't need to change their uniforms. They're one of the few schools that has no reason to ever change it. They're just simple. They're basic. They're a blue blood. Don't come out in gunmetal gray. Leave that to Washington State, who sucks half the time. Hey, they're all right. They are all... Listen, I didn't say they suck all the time. Half the time. So, there's another part to this game yes, that needs to be is. mentioned from this week, Well, right? so here's... Do, are you gonna, do you want me to... Do, you, do me too. Or you got it? You got it? So they're playing in Happy Valley. Happy Valley. And they're playing a night game. And yeah. that means there's a whiteout. Oh. That means all the 100,000 fans of Penn State wear white to now, intimidate the opponents. As a white man, does that offend you that they're doing a whiteout? No. Not even a little bit. Because you remember they you did know the what blackout does, thing? You know what does offend me is liquid paper. Does it really? No, it's an, oh. another whiteout reference here. Stop making your product <laughs> white out liquid paper. So they're doing the white out thing, right? Yep. And Ohio State decided, and actually I just learned a little tidbit about this story. Ohio State decided to actually resurface an old Twitter post that they had done, mm-hmm. an old Twitter campaign they had done back in 2016 when they played this game at Penn State uh, called Silence, right? Silence the whiteout crowd. and there Silence was a, the white noise. White noise. Yeah. And there was a corresponding graphic picture of a player uh, in full gear looking at the camera, leaning in, and then holding his finger up to his face mask. Making the a universal shh, shh sign, yeah. So the reason that this is uh, tone deaf is because there was this little old investigation that happened uh, into the fact that Urban Meyer might have silenced Courtney Smith uh, one wife of Zach Smith uh, about her allegations of uh, domestic violence against that said assistant coach. Bad timing. Uh, it, it you're exa- it's tone deaf. Bad timing, sure, but it, you're under a microscope right now. So anything you say needs to be vetted through every channel. I mean, Dude, it's like if you're on a marketing team for a major university like this, how don't you run this through like four tests? Four, four case studies and just get a bunch of people's opinion. And how did not one of those people go, eh, I don't know if you want to do that? Because it's Ohio State. They've done this in every step. Every time Urban Meyer speaks on the subject of his suspension of Zach Smith and Courtney Smith and the de- domestic violence allegations, when he knew what he knew, every time he opens his mouth, he says the wrong thing. It's and he's worse. Been do- he. he Absolutely, it gets worse, and and the best part is you can just you know you put a you put a dumb poster up on your Twitter account yeah. and it gets repurposed. So a couple of the ones that I liked, just replacing the player with Urban Meyer sitting there looking dumb, <laughs> and still having the silence graphic. But the one that I really like is it's a screenshot from an iPhone, and it has the warning up that says, "Are you sure you want to delete your entire text oh, message history?" With an arrow pointing to the "I'm sure." Uh, yeah, I just, it's just, what you're doing is you're just inviting more criticism and it's, it's Twitter. Don't, I don't want to, I don't want to overblow it because as you know, I am not the biggest Twitter user in the world. I've made attempts, but I don't, I don't use Twitter. There's only about 22% of the population that is even on Twitter. So the way Twitter works, if you don't use it, 
is it's just a people bunch of people looking for you to say something dumb that they can ridicule or finding something really clever that can kind of catch the zeitgeist and, and move on. Other than that, it's just a bunch of garbage. Okay, you think it's a bunch of garbage, but Twitter has now been used as a public forum. It's a it's a PA system for people. I, I, do, I will apologize it's for that. It's a PA also... system for organizations and for certain people in politics to either put out their opinion or put out important information. Now, it's, it's also great for for newscasts for journalists to go out and break news. Adrian but, but it's your it's your automatic PR device. It's it a way to put out public statements and a huge business like the U, the Ohio. State University using Twitter to put out this message and having a sports culture who's obsessed with Twitter, by the way, because you say 22%, but I'm going to say that within that percent, there's a huge faction that are all huge sports fans, right? How could you be so well, but again, <laughs> tone deaf? But again, my point is most of the people that are on Twitter are not newsmakers and they're not newsbreakers and they're not even PR firms. They're people looking for you to make a mistake. The culture that we're in right now on Twitter is where, exactly to your point, you need to vet anything you post if you're a university that has a head coach that has been suspended for three games, mostly for the way he handled a press conference around a very delicate issue. Dude, and an interview, because he was terrible he, in Every time interview. he talks, he digs a deeper and deeper hole and the university needs to be very aware of that. And they missed. And, and I didn't realize what you brought up that it was a repost, but still, this is just dumb on their part. Really, and really now dumb. if you weren't rooting for Penn state before, cause I understand it's very difficult to root for Penn state, but right now <laughs> it's very easy to root against Ohio state and there's just one more reason for them being dumb. I have no problem rooting for Penn State, honestly. I, I think with Penn State now, are mm. you drawing that because they're a blue blood, or are you doing the whole um, yeah. Sandusky oh, yeah. thing again? that thing. So that thing. So that thing, I don't so much as put so – I, I don't let that affect my opinion of Penn State anymore because I think that was such a out-of-bounds horrific thing where they actually – they literally picked up the university, threw it in the trash, and then were like, okay, we're going to put new people in there. Dude – at Ohio State, Urban Meyer's still there. I, and in fact, yep. he will never lose his job. Yeah, but Art, Art Bryles has gone from Baylor. I'm not rooting for them anytime soon. Dude, they could find a severed head in Urban Meyer's trunk, and they would suspend him for five games? Oh, wait, that's... Ooh, hold yeah. on a second. That's well, wait, 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 when do they play Penn State? Yeah, that's... Mm, <laughs> mm. Maybe we can carry that suspension over to the next season and then just keep doing that. One more reason to root against Urban Meyer and Ohio State. There you have it. Good versus evil is next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, (laughs) brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Some of those close, like some of the, the players that I saw after on there on 18th Green here um, knew what I was struggling with, and uh, it was really special to see them there. And it's just hard to believe I, I've, I've you know, won the tour championship. Everybody's favorite pill guzzling sex maniac golfer, Tiger Woods. He's talking after a huge career comeback. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about John Daly? 
I didn't put fat in there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, comeback went into the PGA Tour Championship last weekend. Tiger shot one over 71 par, nabbing his first victory in more than five years. Tiger was striking vintage pose, never holding less than a two-stroke lead. He's now expected to be ranked number 13 in the world. That's after being ranked as low as 1,199th. Next up, Ryder Cup play, which is already happening this week. Do you expect Tiger to keep the momentum rolling into 2019, possibly a major win? Uh, I hope so. I, I, I'd like to see him walking down in the final pairing on a Sunday. Um, if he wins, it'll go nuts. I mean, did you get see any of the pictures of the crowd that they yes. had following him? God, he looks like a he looked like a cult leader. I know it's absolutely insane. Yeah, it reminds you of Wild Wild Country when you watch that yeah, and all, yeah. the, all the followers. It it's it's bizarre. I don't think that there's anything you can compare it to in sports. I mean, we can compare his greatness to to other sports with Jordan or with you know uh, Roger Federer, who, who's great. But there's not no one athlete has such a cult following and because you can play golf for so long uh he's got a couple more years i wouldn't be surprised if he won a major uh if not next year in the next couple years i just hope he can stay healthy because it's it's such a spectacle that you can't get anywhere else it, it is what it is and man i'm just i'm just worried about beating syracuse and that's really it and as a football coach that's all you can be concerned about i mean i'll let other people worry about all that stuff and you know, whatever's going to happen, going to happen. We just control what we can control. That's that Daryl boy, them don't die. Dabo, they're Dab talking. Boy. Otherwise known as Dabo Sweeney. He's talking about the transfer of his former starting quarterback, Kelly Bryant. This news came after Bryant was demoted this week in favor of freshman QB and carbon copy of California beach trash, Trevor Lawrence. Bryant started the past 18 games for the Tigers and also led them to a college football playoff appearance. He likened the situation to a, quote, slap in the face. Do you think Debo was right that they're putting the band on the boy? <laughs> Sorry, one more time. He did, y'all. He did the boy wrong. Yeah. Can't do that. No, I think he did he him just a favor. just a boy. Listen, he did him a favor. With the new red shirt rules, he gets one more year of eligibility. He wasn't going to be the starting quarterback because he's not as good as the kid. This, what do you call him, surfer trash? Uh, yeah, a carbon copy of California surfer trash. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, if Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback, he did his, his uh, former starter a favor by letting him go where he can still go. He redshirt, and then he can come back and play a senior season for, for whomever. Uh, but, listen, sometimes you're just not as good. Kelly Bryant was never a guy that was going to be an NFL draft pick after this season. So maybe go somewhere else and showcase what you can do if that's what your goal is. Trevor Lawrence already threw a touchdown. He did, and they're up 7-6 on Syracuse. He's wearing dumb uniforms. What? Syracuse uniforms are dumb. They have that weird sunset stripe pattern on their pants. What else would you think they would wear? I don't know. Not that. It was really a football decision. I I asked him that question. Is this about anything else? Is this about the new owner trying to make a splash? He's like, no. Is this trying to throw salt at, at, at Jerry Richardson? No, this is purely football. They didn't ask them one question about the national amp that's reincarnated jim henson illusion chris carter he's talking about a significant hire made in the nfl this past week thursday carolina panthers signed pro bowl free safety eric reed to a one-year two million dollar deal after he was not resigned by the four or i'm sorry not re-signed by the 49ers last season Reed is notable for, for being the first player to join colin kaepernick in kneeling during the national anthem 
to protest racial inequality and police brutality. Do you think this is the first step to Colin Kaepernick getting a job again in the NFL? Yeah, probably. I mean, it was it was funny that Eric... So you're saying he will get a job in the NFL again? You're going to have injuries midseason, uh, you know, after the Buccaneers trade away uh, Jameis Winston to get a better draft pick and Ryan Fitzpatrick starts to, to wane. All right, uh, let's look at the more realistic no, one, which no. is the 49ers, dude. They're yeah. having to start C.J. Beathard. Do you think he, really C.J. Beathard's better than Colin Kaepernick? No, there's a lot of starting quarterbacks out there that I don't think are better than Colin Kaepernick. I I think at some point that all of this hullabaloo is going to kind of die down. I mean, even even this year, you have the Dolphins kneeling a little bit in uh, preseason. I think they've done it in regular season games, but you're not hearing about it as much. So I think it's kind of moved on. You realize that he, the the reception he got from the Nike campaign lends itself to to believe that uh, the teams aren't going to get the negative backlash that everybody's uh, prognosticating. Yeah. I still think a bunch of old white dudes with a lot of money will keep him out. Yeah. Wait till Blake Bortles goes down and then Shad Khan can sign him. <laughs> what? Huh? What if? Yeah. Wait till Blake Bortles. I mean, just sign Kaepernick. I think he's probably better than Bortles. What? Right. Right. They scored six points last week. Time for my favorite story of the week, and this one comes from the rap world. Oh. <laughs> We've got three hours. I might have to share my favorite story of the week. I really thought you would go this way. I almost even fed it to you, but I, I'm. Uh, let's hear what happened in so the. So you rap think world. it is this? Do you? you think no, it's no, the no. One I is, chose? No, no. It's definitely not. Okay. I might have to share mine later. According to Little Zan, do you know who Little Zan is? You know that I don't. Flaming hot Cheetos are quote one hell of a drug. The rapper was taken to the hospital earlier this week and shared a video on Instagram explaining it wasn't because of any drug use. Quote, I guess I ate too many hot Cheetos, and it ripped something in my stomach open, and I puked a little blood, he said in the video. Quote, we good. <laughs> he wrote in the caption, just want to let everybody know that I'm good, healthier than I've ever been, and ready to kick off my third tour in NY in a couple of days. Also, be careful. Hot Cheetos are one hell of a drug. This guy got a stomach ulcer from eating too much of the flame hot Cheetos. My bro over here, Lil Zai. Do we have any idea how many flaming, che- flaming Hot Cheetos he ate? No. Okay. That's, that is information I need to know. My wife devours the flaming Hot Fritos. She prefers the texture of the Frito oh. to the Cheeto. Dude, you better get on the horn and tell your That's, wife. This is important information. I need to get this as soon as I possibly can. This could be a life-saving Life uh, moment. So saving. I'm going to need a little more information from your story, your favorite story of the week, uh, if you can get that back to me. Okay. Now, how much... Do you think, okay, what would you, what what do you think would cause a bigger commotion in your stomach? Flaming Hot Cheetos and a six-pack or Flaming Hot Cheetos and three Long Island iced teas? Long Island iced teas, more sugar. More sugar, but the beer, oof. Yeah. I, I think that'll going to give you the bubble guts. Yeah. I think the iced teas will make you throw up and it'll hurt your throat. Yeah. You're basically choosing between throwing up and pain on the toilet. Yes, I think that's, but yeah, but the, the, the long and iced teas are going to be exiting uh, front door. Yes. And uh, yeah, and you get all that sugar. Here's a sting. Yeah, here's the problem. When you get sugar and alcohol mixed together, your body wants to absorb that sugar immediately. So the alcohol is basically going straight in like an IV. And then, bam, and right then you go mouth. sideways. And, yeah. 
Lil Xan. Lil Xan. Well, thank you. You ever seen a picture of Lil Xan? No. Uh, go ahead and just fire one over. Why don't you go ahead and uh, here, I'm just going to turn my monitor here. Go ahead and Twitter here. one out. He is a uh, rapper who is uh, of the white uh, persuasion, Caucasian. Caucasian persuasion. And he has uh, many tattoos that would indicate he's either a dangerous person or someone that don't take S from no one. Does he have a flaming Hot Cheetos tattoo? He should. Yeah, absolutely. Never now forget. Now there's never forget a bag of them. Just a bag of them. Or maybe Chester Cheeto on his back and he's got this his shade. Chester Cheeto vomiting blood. <laughs> In a suit. And then it just says never forget on the bottom. Jeez. Good versus evil is brought to you by our friends at the Titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. When we come back, we've got Pac-12 with an interesting schedule uh, of non-conference games. Uh, we've got plenty of NFL news and notes, and then an hour and a half of Blazers-Raptors talk. All that I can't wait. Did they in hour play? two, they and play? the bonus hour three of the Center and the Saint on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.